Welcome to a place where we're thinking together and thinking deeper about who we are. Where we are and what we do in this world. Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast. Okay, so we'll, we'll start again. Um, welcome to the Philosophy Podcast. Today my guest is... I am Christophe Gagné of Hermit Thrush Brewery. We are a sour brewery. We only make sour beer, which is tart and therefore weird for most people. And uh, it's it's uh, it's it's gaining acceptance a little bit more lately, which is fun. But I've I've loved tart beer for a decade at this point. Wow! I so this is the point where we're just starting this interview, and I can go in multiple directions. I can either talk all about beer, or I can talk about you. <laughs> um, and I had asked you earlier about the whole the term of brewmaster, um, because I remember from my childhood and hearing or watching a television commercial, and one of the the large brew breweries was talking about their brewmaster. And I've always just had this image of the brewmaster <laughs> with a large stick, and I guess that stick yeah. was for stirring something or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, and I do uh, have a beard, so and you that's, do that's associated frequently. It's you not, do have a very it's not a causal factor, but it's common. A, prom, a prominent beard. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, bre- at least brewmaster for hermit thrush is, is sort of just the uh, the creative director more than anything. You know, we we've got a team of five brewers now. We're very excited and. Uh, I'm I'm just sort of the as the brewmaster. I am the guy who has done sour beer innovation and production the longest, and so I sort of get the final say on recipes. But plenty of innovation comes from our, our awesome folks. Um, mm-hmm. But I was uh, I was studying wild yeast in uh, when I was living in West Philly about 12 years ago at this point. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Wow, there's a bunch of things there. There's wild, there's wild yeast. There's West Philly. Um, have growing up, having grown up in South Jersey, there's a connection there. We could talk about a bunch of different things. Nice. You're a brewmaster. You've got you know the microbreweries popped up in the the '90s and spread. Once again, going back to that whole brewmaster thing, I'm thinking of somebody maybe late '60s, early '70s. You're not that guy. You're pretty young. Um, yeah, I think I think young people have taken a, a good chunk of the craft beer movement um, into themselves. There, there's a lot of uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot of creativity and there's a lot of discontent in common office jobs. That and and I don't know. I, I know of many stories where people received educations and all of a sudden weren't happy in their fields and then okay. needed to uh, change it up a bit. Um, it's it's fun. I mean, you know, it's I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, the market's getting very interesting lately, but uh, yeah. It's so. How did you come to doing a craft beer? Uh, did, did you go to school for? I mean, you no, go to beer, I, brewery school. I, did, I was. I started out as a social worker, and um, I was homebrewing all along the way. And while I was in school, I was I was working in breweries part time to sort of. Uh, you know, pay the bills and, and enjoy my hobby fuller. And um, so I, by a couple days a week, by day I'd brew regular beers. And then in my basement in West Philly, I experimented with cool ships and uh, kettle sours and uh, wild, wild beer production. Okay. Just wild beer production. <laughs> <laughs> a hobby gone uh, wild. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
it's fun. Beer, beer wants to be made. You know, it, it's uh, whether it's yeast that's fermenting it or bacteria that's fermenting it or both or, or at different times. Um, beer is a uh, an easy to make, safe, selective media that that you you can uh, ferment any number of ways. That you know, it's it's fascinating in terms of of the wild side because ter- I think terroir can come into beer in a way that it hasn't before. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you have mentioned wild yeast a couple times, and there is something in my head that said one of the reasons why you're in this area in Brattleboro, Vermont, is um, the yeast. Uh, can is that true? I mean, what what is yeah. the, what is the story behind that? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we looked around for good yeast in, in New England and ultimately settled on Vermont. And uh, essentially, looking for good yeast is is very similar to making a sourdough culture. You make uh, you make a beer and you leave the sterile beer out in the beautiful winds of the mountains, and uh, generally, it starts fermenting. You know, you're collecting spores of yeast from the air. Sometimes you're trying to culture some lactobacillus or pediococcus. Uh, Britannomyces is definitely one of the one of the lovely uh, wild yeasts, sort of a funky kind of straw character, and um, and ultimately Brattleboro's profile is sort of like like uh, stone fruit and a, a bit of citrus, and you know it's the hay side of punk, uh, hay side of funk rather than the horse blanket side, which is a term that is used and it's kind of funny you lost me there hey hey, horse blanket okay um yeah it's it's a it's a it's a smoother and 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 has plenty of subtleties and kind of fruity character um Mm -hmm. biology here and it's it's quite consistent it's so with the yeast you don't collect yeast you leave stuff out and yeast just shows up yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's, that, that is basically how it works. Um, you know, we, in our production in the brewery, we definitely uh, propagate yeast that's, that's from uh, the wild. So we'll brew a batch and leave it on our cool ships, which is uh, what, what these pans are called. They're wide, shallow pans that you put hot, sterile beer in, and then it collects the yeast. And, um, but, you know, so you'll have leftover... Um, biology from that and, and you can propagate that up and brew other regular beers with it as well and so um, we're pretty happy to have never bought yeast it's it's uh, it's all we've ever done here is every single can that we've ever produced is wild fermented um, does that so with that there's a bit of uncertainty there so you're going to get a differing flavor throughout I mean one of the things that we have we as Americans I want to say and I think around the world folks have you know we, we buy we go to franchises because we know what we're going to get we know it's going to be the same if you're doing that wild wild collecting and wild yeast then do you get variants and variations that are for sure for sure I mean all, all of life has risk and uh, <laughs> the the ebb and flow of characteristics are uh, are lovely I mean I think our year to year um is is somewhat varied but also wonderfully so um our vintages are 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 really weather related they're related to when we brew and how we brew and and um it's it's really satisfying to make relatively simple beer and see it 
blossom into something that's way more complex that I could than I could write a recipe for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing to add these hops that are kind of really interesting and blended together and this kind of grain and stuff like that, but the the there's a vast array of chemical compounds that yeast and bacteria can produce by fermentation. I mean, you know, thousands. Um, and I, I can't approximate the, the complexity we get with, with the wild yeast. So it's definitely a different, I mean, it's a whole different brewery than most breweries. The, our, our, uh, our goal is to always be a great sour and to make the best beer possible rather than the same beer we made last time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Um, just... And there's a passion to what you do. Um, what is the, what is the passion behind it? I mean, is it to share the beard with the beers with the world, or is it? I think uh, it's I think it's sort of a, an intersection of um, like the local food movement and appreciating you know what we have around us rather than just trying to get the imported whatever, um, and and kind of combining that with with I have a passion for trying to fix climate change a bit and. Uh, I haven't done that much yet, but at, we're at least wood-fired, mm-hmm. um, local local wood-fired instead of uh, fossil fuels. But um, the 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 fact that beer wants to be made and that sour beer takes less energy are are pretty key kind of ethical concerns on my side. Um, but also, I like really get into the food and flavor and just you know complexity of experience stuff. And it's I I just feel very lucky that the two can dovetail. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm going to ask a question that slightly goes off topic here. Um, there are you have a very prominent beard I mentioned before, and uh, I've seen a few prominent beards in here. Is that a requirement for? Uh, Hermit no. Brewery's the, the beard. <laughs> no, if you can't grow a beard, that's okay. You just have to not shave. No, I'm just kidding. It, no, it, <laughs> the, I, I'm really curious about why beards are pr- so common in our industry. I don't really, I don't really, I don't really know socially why that is. But mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a fair amount of brewers who are free thinkers, and I don't know. Maybe that's got something. You can spend more time thinking than shaving. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kind of just like <laughs> a little eye roll at the at the falsehoods that uh, society imposes on you and then you know you only have to sign up for what you want to sign up for no going <laughs> going back to the, the brewing and the being here did you did you run into any resistance that's your coffee cup sorry about <laughs> that okay. did you run into any resistance with uh, opening a brewery and and I guess there's a couple of questions did you run into any resistance how did you connect with the partners that you have in Hermit Thrush, um, those are two. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, I don't think we had a lot of resistance um, to us starting a brewery. We, we had a lot of confusion because in 2014, starting an all-sour brewery uh, was a little more out there than it is right now. Um, so, you know, we'll have a good told you so, but... The, the we uh, Avery and I hooked up actually in college. Um, we had a radio show together um, called Intelligent Music Tasty Fish, and it was a phenomenal music and cooking show. And um, just in general, we've we've been good friends since. And he was very involved helping me to homebrew and and you know stuff like that. So um, 
we just we have a great working relationship and, and kind of go way back. And where did you go to college? Uh, Swarthmore, just outside Philly. Uh, if you could go back to your younger self, say that guy who graduated high school was about to take off and go to college, mm-hmm. do you have any words of wisdom for that guy um, to get you to here or uh, <laughs> uh, any cautionary tales? I don't know, just in general, don't worry too much about being a weirdo. Not, I mean, I don't think I was really worried about it at that point time anyway, but, you know, don't undervalue unique with thorough follow-through. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all possible. You just have to make it happen. Okay. Uh, wow, that's that's right there. That's a tag right there. That's we'll finish. That. Um, uh, and I was going to say, do you have any words of wisdom to offer to anyone who was in that situation? And I think you just did it right there. Um, oh, I, I was going to. You mentioned uh, the whole the climate emergency that's out there. Mm-hmm. And I have a uh, one of I have three children. My thirteen year old is just stricken with anxiety over the planet that he's going to inherit, mm-hmm. and uh, your you know, a generation or two um, ahead of him. What are you, what are you doing to offset or stop or stem the the climate emergency, and or what do you see as a possible a possibility for what we can do as a yeah. as a community or as a a nation? Uh, on the personal level, I'm glad to be burning biomass fuels predominantly in my life you know we've got a wood stove and you know it's definitely cozy and it's nice but it's also you know we only go through like 200 gallons of oil in winter Mm -hmm. um and and so i I think there's some amount of remembering good simple things of the past you know that the the closed carbon loop of the stuff that's above ground is better than the stuff that's below the ground um but you know that that I feel like is just sort of a marginal improvement, um, and what we really need is is massive shift. You know, I think I also think that craft beer has the potential to to reduce just general distributed markets. You know, the the excitement of of craft beer and local foodism and and all that stuff is is I think going to prove very important to reinvest reinventing our food system um, to have to have less transit. But um, and and then you know I guess on the on the business side I try to have a decent scaled presence in the world. Um, we only use cans because they're dramatically uh, less energy for the environment, both on recycling and on shipping. Um, you know we don't have a uh, massive walk-in cooler at our packaging facility because we make beer that's really designed to have phenomenal shelf life. You know a lot of our barrel-aged sours get better with time rather than uh, you know worse, and mm-hmm. so. Um, I hope people like our beer, but I also hope people like our ethics and, uh, you know, business has to take the first step. Legislators are always going to be too slow. Do you ever, do you have a, your business has grown greatly since you started, um, very well (laughs) since you started. Uh, do you ever have any concerns about growing too big? Um, because you have to... your yeah. this popularity, you're shipping all over the world um, now, and you have a a presence and a uh, a following all over the world. Um, does that 
bother you? I mean, success. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of does. I, I really, I think that there's a there's a radius of shipping that I'm willing to tolerate, and then and then sort of beyond that, um, I think we're just gonna stop growing at a, at a point. We we're hoping to uh, develop plans for a net zero brew house um, that uh, essentially I, I'm looking to do zero emissions. Um, or not grow the business much more, you know, because because we, we have to improve how we do things, not just how much we do. Um, so so I, I, I hope to put a uh, a smaller than usually possible uh, off grid brew house online, um, and then stop growing after that. <laughs> Would, and this is, I mean, not that I'm going to get into your business deeply, would it be a possibility for another hermit thrush to, so that it has a, uh, a different um, distrib- distribution radius um, so that you sure, help someone sure. else create the idea? I mean, it would be very different beer because it would be based on the yeast of right. whatever that location right. was. Yeah, I've definitely studied wild yeast in other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I don't... I don't know that I plan on uh, starting another her- hermit thrush elsewhere, but um, you know, given the right team and partners, I, I definitely would consider it. You know, I, I, I do think that distributed production is um, ultimately going to give us a better quality of life with a lower uh, atmospheric impact um, than centralized production with distribution, mm-hmm. as long as we are able to realign our. Um, priorities of experience and and assessment of life quality to let go of some of the pithy stuff that we just sort of have done on a whim wow have you have you gotten any common themes of wisdom in your in your talks with others i haven't and um i guess maybe i have (laughs) it's okay to be weird it's you know unique is important um, following your passions, regardless of how unique and weird they are. So yeah, I guess maybe I have gotten uh, a common theme, and maybe that's a common theme because those are the people that inspire me. Uh, is folks who have who get to wave their freak flag high and just, <laughs> you know do their thing for sure, and um, have grown comfortable or mature enough to either tune out the naysayers or just do their thing enough to show the naysayers that it doesn't matter what they have to say. Uh, I mean, there's, I'm attracted, I I get drawn to people who just have a uniqueness about them, who just are, you know, they're, they're doing their thing and they're doing it proudly, not necessarily to be on the front page of the papers. And uh, it's, you know, that's that power to power and positivity uh, is something is I want to share, and that's why I do this podcast. Is I want to share that with others because I know that there are kids, and there are some older folks who have been too afraid to step into their selves, their true self, and uh, and take a risk at being uniquely who they are. Well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. I appreciate this, and we'll. I will. Uh, oh, and by oh yeah, and this has been the Philosophy Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please uh, tune in for some more. Find out when we're dropping new podcasts. And remember, move forward with passion and purpose. And don't undervalue unique with 
thorough follow through. Yeah, it's all it's all possible. You just have to make it happen. Thank you for listening to the Philosophy Podcast. Keep checking in as we will be regularly releasing new episodes. 